Bob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, I talk with Susan Hobson about high-impact leadership. If you want to go on your leadership journey and you want to become the best leader you can be, go to robsreliability.com slash leadership and sign up for the Leadership Launchpad Project. That's definitely going to take you, your business, and your life to the next level. So you want to check that out. Go to robsreliability.com slash leadership. And until September 1st, we have a $500 discount on that program. So definitely go there. Check it out. I look forward to working with you, and I look forward to helping you realize your highest potential. Here's this week's interview with Susan Hobson. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. It sounds so good to say that. Now, we're here today. We're here to talk about leadership, and we have special guests, my leadership coach, and also mindset and performance expert, Susan Hobson. Susan, how are you? I'm fabulous, Rob. Thank you so much for having me. I could not be more excited to dig in. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. I know we're pumped up. So Susan, before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, who are you and why is leadership so important to you? Yeah, uh, my name's Susan Hobson. I'm a leadership mindset coach, as Rob so kindly shared in his intro. And I always like to just start off by making sure everybody understands what that means. Uh, yeah, like my specialty is in mindset strategy architecture. That's what I, what I teach. I've been doing this for a real long time, almost 15 years in the game now. Uh, but yeah, mindset strategy to me is kind of what it's all about. Mindset uh, is just a terminology for those of you who aren't familiar with it that just refers to this playbook of beliefs that we have running back here that actually run the show in terms of our external results um, that we produce. Uh, and so my whole entry point into affecting that is in, in mindset strategy architecture, like I said, which is essentially just teaching people how to think strategically uh, so that they really can predictably and sustainably and reliably realize max impact in terms of the results that they produce. So as a leadership coach, um, just to sort of link that in, uh, it's all about realizing our highest potential. That really is what leadership uh, you know, means to me. That's what Brene Brown, my favorite leadership expert, defines it as as well. Um, which starts with just sort of the way that we kind of impact and influence ourselves via our mindset. Um, And then obviously extends into just the role that we play as leaders in our home, leaders in our businesses, like we're here to talk about today, leaders in our community, which I also hope we're going to talk about today, given the context of the world right now and this whole world pandemic thing that we're navigating uh, but yeah, this is just really, really meaningful to me because this is really my, my fundamental core belief as a human being. I think that that is why we're here. We're here to maximize our rate of growth. We're here to realize what we got. We're here to celebrate that to its highest you know, capacity so we can make best and highest use of what it is that we got. That is really where human beings get to experience the pinnacle of the human experience, uh, which is just really, you know, realizing maximum fulfillment. 
and I just think, yeah, I'm extremely passionate about this, especially right now as a leadership coach, um, because of the context of the world, right? Like I think if we were burying our heads in the sand before, not realizing that we really, you know, uh, had that kind of impact on ourselves, on our choices, on the way that we show up and behave every day, on the results that we manifest along the way, I think uh, we can't really afford to do that anymore, can we? We can't really afford to hang out in avoidance any longer, given the context of how challenging this whole situation is for us as a world community. So I could keep going and going, but I won't because I'm being respectful of time. We've got a lot of ground to cover, but that essentially is just a little bit of a, a snapshot in terms of who I am and, and what it is that I live for as a leadership coach. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, for me, like I'll, I'll have to give a little bit about why leadership's important to me because I see some new faces on the call. And for me, why leadership's so important is I've spent the last 10 years in industry working as a reliability engineer, as an asset manager, and as a consultant. And I've spanned a wide range of industry across North America, mining, oil and gas, chemicals, power plants, paper mills, you know, all this type of stuff. And what I've seen in industry is the same things. I've seen a lot of people who don't get the results that they want. Their, their programs struggle to get the reliability results and it creates frustration and disengagement. And not only have I seen that in my career, me as the host of Rob's Reliability Project, this world leading maintenance and reliability podcast and community, but which, you know, led to all of these people that are on the call right now. I've also heard it from you. I've heard from you these same questions. You know, how do I get engagement? How do I change culture? How do I show up and impact and get the results that I deserve? And for me, it's, I thought it was a technical knowledge problem. I thought that, you know, having starting this podcast, we would share technical knowledge. We would get everyone to understand like what we were missing, but working with Susan over the last year, it's not a technical knowledge problem. It's a leadership problem. And it's not only a leadership problem in the sense that, you know, we're managers and we're not leading people correctly. It's about personal leadership as well. We're not thinking, we're not considering ourselves leaders. We're not taking ownership of our own lives. We're not taking ownership at work, how we show up. And I wish I could say to you that it only affects us at work. I wish I could say to you that it only affects your company, the millions of dollars that each and every one of you see in value in your company, in waste in your company, that millions of dollars that you can't get. But it's also something that takes us at home. We get frustrated and disengaged at work because we can't capture this value. And we come home and it impacts our family. It impacts our spouse. It impacts our kids. It impacts our community. It impacts our friends. And it impacts our mental health. And I wish I could say that, you know, that's it. But I, I know this because it was me. I worked in a company with bad leadership. I got disengaged and frustrated at work because I didn't have the leadership strategies that we're going to talk about today. I got frustrated and disengaged. I took it home. I became depressed. I became suicidal. And that's why I know it's here. And I know it's not just me because the stats bear it out. 
Mining has three times the suicide rate of the general population. Construction has two and a half times the suicide rate of the general population. Bad leadership is not costing us only millions of dollars. Bad leadership is not only costing us happiness and engagement at our time at work. Bad leadership is not only costing us happiness and engagement at home with our friends and family. It's costing us our lives. And that's why Susan and I are here today. That's why I'm here today. Is because I can't put up with it anymore. So Susan, I know, I know we touched on it a little bit. But, you know, can you break us down a little bit about like what leadership is and what's leadership 2.0? Yeah, like I, like I said in my introduction, I think leadership, it really just comes down to, you know, the, the way that we are relating to ourselves. So I think that's where it starts with personal leadership, right? Um, you know, it breaks my heart when I hear those stats. I can't help but just get chills all over my body, right? Because I just, the cost is so great to this, this not understanding how we need to relate to ourselves so that we can actually set ourselves up to grow. Like I said, that is the fundamental truth for all of us as human beings. That is why we're here. It's the very nature of ourselves, right? But the truth is, is like, we're just, we're not taught this stuff in school, you know? And even though they're teaching this in industry to, to leaders, you know, like the people that I guess uh, qualify as that with the title and, and, and all of that, you know, in terms of, the executives and the C-suites and the, all of that. Um, the reality is, like Gallup did, did a poll, I was reading in the Harvard Business Review this week, actually an article that came out where $365 billion is being spent on leadership development and 75% rate of those companies and organizations rated that training as ineffective. And they basically studied it and boiled it down to the fact that they were not touching on this whole concept of mindset. And so leadership really is, it's about how we're relating to ourselves, which is mostly a subconscious thing. 95% of our, of our choices every day are just being governed by this mindset, this, this subconscious part of ourselves that has been conditioned to believe certain truths and, and untruths in terms of the way we're supposed to show up and relate to our work, the way we're supposed to show up and relate to the people that we work with, right? Um, and I think to me, like that's really what leadership is all about. It's like really taking ownership of the way that we're relating to ourselves so that we can really understand what it is that we need, we need, what we require as human beings to thrive, right? To be able to show up and play our biggest impact game. Whether you're in the in the corner office or not, that's not really what leadership is about. Like I said, leadership is just about realizing highest potential for yourself, helping yourself to do that and helping those around you to do that. Whether it's because you're, you're actually like leading people on the, on the work front or it's leading, you know, your family members at home or you're out in the community coaching soccer or football or whatever it is that you're doing to serve your community. Um, yeah. Leadership to me, it's more than just management, right? It's not, it's more than just you're responsible for making sure that other people around you do the tasks that they've been assigned to do. That's not leadership, right? Um, no, leadership is really about, you know, owning your role in the lives of the people that you touch and the people that you come into contact with and making sure that you're doing everything in your power to support their growth, to empower their growth, to help them realize their highest potential. Not only is that good for you, like we just said, 
right? Because that's where you're going to feel the best. And that's where you're going to get all, you know, your, your needs as a human being met because you're realizing, you know, your fullest potential in terms of your impact. But the ripple effect of that is just so massive and so important. And like I said, so critical given the context of the world right now. Absolutely. And, and I think that's something that we as, you know, maintenance and reliability folks, we need to really understand, right, is, is a lot of us, we don't have direct reports, but we do want to influence how people work. And we do also want, you know, you know to engage people and engage in our work. And, you know, we talked about disengagement. You talked about Gallup, right? And they report, you know, 60, 66 or 70% of, of the American workforce is disengaged. And it costs us $500 billion in, in productivity each year. Mm-hmm. Like, Startling numbers. Yeah. Wow. And something, something we talked about the other day about disengagement is, is that the disengagement is that lack of meaning. Mm-hmm. And that we feel that we're not able to change impact or we feel like if we got, we quit or got fired or, you know, we won the lottery that tomorrow somebody else would be sitting in our chair and nothing would change. Like, how do we as leaders impact that? Well, I think it's just, again, it's, it's just stepping back and really making sure that you are critically distilling just how you think about what your purpose is. <laughs> like, first is just a human being, like I said, in your own lane. But then obviously when you, you hit the ground running every day and you go after work, helping your family out, right? The community, all those things we just said are the ripple effect of, of how you choose to relate to why you're doing what you're doing. So we're human beings. It's not meaningful enough for us to just go to work and punch a time card and like produce some external results in terms of output. That's not meaningful enough for us um, to fully want to compel ourselves to fully, you know, show up and engage and, and do the best that we can do. And I think that that is, again, that's why those numbers are so crazily high in terms of disengagement is because it's the way that we've been taught to relate to what it is that we are doing every single day. That's the problem. Yeah. And I, and I think, I know we've talked about it, but I, I think that for me, the biggest thing to start off with was to really understand how much I have an impact on myself mm-hmm. and, and changing that belief that what I do is wor- is meaningless or worthless because my company doesn't see it that way. And really mm-hmm. focusing on what can I do today to change that? Or even with respect to like webinars like this is like, what can I do today to impact the world or somebody else? Mm-hmm. And I think that that for, for me is something that people can do today is really take ownership in your own life. Yeah, that's what it starts with. And I think the problem is just like, again, we're not taught this in school. I think the way that we're conditioned to relate to ourselves and to relate to our world is largely extrinsically based and extrinsically motivated. And to me, that's like, that's the problem with old school leadership. That's the problem with command and control leadership, right? It's like, you, you have to just start with the fundamental truth, right? Is like, if your organization is relating to you like a human doing, not a human being, you're a cog in the wheel, your value is the number that you're producing. It's like dehumanizing. It doesn't feel good to the human being on the other side of that messaging. Um, 
but I think that's obviously where we start to feel a lot of those red flags that you mentioned at the start of this, at the top of this hour, right? Which is, it's disengagement, but then it can get a lot darker and a lot grimmer in terms of how that like comes home with you at the end of the day. It's not fulfilling to feel like we're putting all our time, energy and focus towards something that, that doesn't, you know, isn't a reflection of our value as human beings in terms of like feeling like organization really values us first and foremost. Cause yeah, the bottom line is important. It's what makes a business like sustain itself, but we have to remember it's the people that drive the bottom line, right? <laughs> Let's just really stop and be educated about this for a second, because this is in fact like, you know, what this whole 2.0 leadership stuff is about. It's about intrinsically motivated strategies for how we show up and how we relate to work and how we relate to each other that starts to bring the meaning back into the equation, right? And it starts to set us up to, to, to be able to get our needs met as human beings in that context of work, which is in fact where you're going to optimize the thing that you can control. Because Lord knows in this, this global context and climate right now, we can't control how much money is in, in the marketplace, right? Um, but we can really enhance and optimize the potential of the human beings that are going to go and, and bring their best, play their A game in terms of what they can impact. It's going to drive that bottom line. Yeah. And I love it. And I, and I think, you know, just for people on the call, like we, we really need to talk about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivators and like for people, extrinsic means outside of you. Intrinsic means within you. Now, Susan, like you talked about extrinsic, it being money. Like, is there other things that can be extrinsic motivators? Yeah, I think it's like any anything that comes down to kind of like external output, right? Which is the money, obviously, in terms of the bottom line, but just like, you know, the quotas in terms of like what's being produced by the human beings every day or like the number of phone calls that those human beings are making. And it's like, I get it. Like, I understand where that comes from, you know, before we had all this research in neuroscience and how, before we had all of this um, that we now have available in terms of what actually drives human potential and performance. Um, but yeah, I think it's like extrinsically motivated is, is where you feel like you're trying to go outside of yourself to get what you need to feel inside of yourself which is just a completely unreliable and unsustainable strategy for leadership. Um, because yeah, like at the end of the day, when you start to hit the crisis, like we all are and the adversity hits, like you start to lose your ability to control those things. And, and this funny thing happens in the human brain when you start to hit the roadblocks and the adversity, right. And things are all of a sudden unknown. It's like, we start to want to control things more. And so it's, it's just, doesn't take a rocket scientist or a neuroscientist to be able to just understand that that's not going to feel very good to the people who are receiving that, right? Like it's going to be more pressure, more demands, higher expectations. And this is just like in my field where we start to see the, the wheels coming off the bus. Um, but yeah, I think like that's, that's external motivation. That's, that's where all this command and control authoritarian type of leadership comes from. It's like a very fixed mindset uh, strategy, right? Where it's like you're really trying to control the output and you're, you're, you're doing that because it's coming from a space and place of, of believing that this, this resource is a fixed finite resource that you only have so much of. 
in contrast to this whole intrinsically based strategy for leadership, which is based on, yeah, like growth is, is a resource that we can always expand upon, that we can always enhance and optimize. There's always, there's more resources in there that we can tap into, right? And, and I just think it changes the game in terms of how that type of, of uh, reception lands in, in the experience of the human beings that are having to, you know, go after work in very challenging, uncertain times, right? Yeah, and I think, I think like what I see across industry, and we've talked about it before, but what I see is very much that fear-based, the fixed mindset leadership. Like everybody on the call, I'm sure you've worked at places that have bonuses for safety outcomes, have bonuses for production outcomes, are really hammering people on metrics or KPIs. And, and I mean, in the short run, yeah, it works. But what you see and what I've seen over my career is people figure out either a way to hit the metric, whether it's real or not, whether they make up the, like basically make up the metric or not. Or you see something like I've seen safety incidents where the guy broke his leg at work and the next day they had him on light duty so then they could hit the target. And to me, it, it's like it's killing cultures out there and it's killing our employees. Like, how do we move from that fixed mindset or how do we move from thinking that way into more of a growth mindset? Yeah, well, I think it's just trying to first and foremost, like connect with the pain of staying there. Like I'm doing so much work on this. Like my phone was ringing off the hook during the world pandemic with all these leaders trying to navigate, you know, what to do, what to do in these uncertain kind of uncharted territories. But I think the way that I was motivating them to, to, to feel compelled, like they didn't have a choice. They couldn't lead with fear is that I was really trying to educate them about the costs and the consequences of choosing to lead in that way, which is that tightening of the noose like we just described it doesn't make people feel good it definitely does not make them feel valued right um it definitely breeds distrust um which is you know a huge huge disruptor to rapport um i always say to my leaders you're dead in the water as a leader you're not a leader in fact because you're not impacting or influencing anything if you've lost that trust and rapport in your people um, you know, it's like really just trying to help educate them as to how that strategy will actually play out. Fear, I always say, is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So like the best way to get what you don't want is just go ahead and fear it. <laughs> so I usually do a lot of leveraging of their mindsets by really starting to just, you know, play the tape forward and extrapolate like what that actually is going to look like in terms of the ripple effect. But I think in, in contrast to that, it's like really helping them understand just what an opportunity this leadership with, with the growth mindset is, which is it, it, it starts to really put that trust in your people. Like if you inherently are confident that your people have what it takes to dig into the challenge and adversity, to find those opportunities for growth, because that's exactly what you're going to find, right? When you're in that kind of open and resourceful state. I think, um, yeah, not only is it very empowering to those people, right? Because that's how it lands in their experiences. They feel valued, they feel trusted, and that's all very empowering for them. But that's where they actually are going to now start to think outside the box and have the ability to think more creatively or more innovatively. That's where they're going to want to really 
take that responsibility and run with it because that's what you're doing in that situation as a leader is that you're, you're passing that ball to them and saying like, like, I believe in, in, in your capacity to grow and figure this out. It's challenging. Yes, but you got this. Well, you know, we're together shoulder to shoulder. We'll figure it out. But, but ultimately it's like, yeah, like when they actually get to see themselves figuring things out, it just, it starts to stack these building blocks for their confidence. Right. And I think that is where you're going to get the most out of what that human being is capable of. It's also where you're going to discover all kinds of new opportunities in that space that is unknown, you know, like disruption's not a bad thing. Let's just, we're business people here. We know in the context of, of, of business, like disruption can be a massively positive association. So us having to disrupt status quo thinking and think outside the box and be innovative that actually play that tape forward. Like not only is it good for your people, not only are you gonna help support your people being able to navigate what is undoubtedly one of the most trying experiences that we're all having as human beings right now. But I think, yeah, it could actually start to dip into and tap into some growth potential amongst all this adversity. Um, I think that's the best kind of motivation, right? Because in, it's intrinsically based, which means it's always inside of you, the leader inside of them, because you're instilling that in, in, in them as well. And that is where they're going to lean in, be fully engaged, own their role in that personal leadership and responsibility that they're being trusted with. Um, you know, which is just like, play that tape forward. It's going to be, it's going to be good for everybody, you know, but it's a strategy that they, that is in your control. And that really is what mindset comes down to. You know, that's what I, I really, teach and preach with my clients is like trying to lead with the fear base, you know, command and control and controlling the output and the external. It's like, you can see when that starts to slip away, like we really start to, to hit the, the roadblocks in terms of anxiety and panic and like all of these things that really constrict us, right. As human beings in terms of the way we're able to attack problems and the way that we're able to stay resilient and flexible when the roadblocks present themselves. Um, but yeah, I think like if you can control being in that kind of creative, innovative, confident, empowered state, uh, I think it's obviously that's something that you can control that's going to start to ripple effect to impacting the bottom line and the results and the output. Make sense? Yeah, like let's talk about that ripple effect a little bit, right? And it's something that we've talked about is, you know, how we can show up at work and how we can show up at home as these people who are leaders and have it kind of changes the energy and not only changes the energy, just impacts the people around us. Like how do we start going about doing that or how do we sort of take ownership in our own lives? Yeah. Like I think it's going back to what I said is kind of the challenge for all of us as human beings is like choosing to lead our lives in a purpose driven way which means that we, we're adults, we're not kids, right? Like this is the difference. This is where it's supposed to become more intrinsically based motivations for what we do with our time, energy, and focus. Um, it's just like choosing to really identify with that value of growth yourself and realizing that no matter what kind of a context you're in, like that's something you can control, which is like hitting the ground running with a sense of purpose and meaning choosing to show up in the world and play your biggest game. That's something that we can all get behind that we know is going to make us feel good, right? Because where we actually are going towards something that we care about, that we value, that's important to us, 
the ROI is going to be much higher emotionally for us. Not only is that going to sustain us, you know, especially when the adversity hits or the challenging things occur. Um, but yeah, like us seeing ourselves grow in the way that I just described a second ago, you know, there's a compound effect to that that is just going to make our, our experience of going out into the world every day richer and more fulfiller, or more fulfilling, which I just think, you know, this is the call I'm hearing right now, like myself in my own lane is like, it's so hard for so many people right now. If I can get in an elevator and like positively impact somebody's day, because I believe that's important. That's something that I can do that when my head hits the pillow at the end of the day, I'm going to feel really good about, right? Like I'm choosing to do that because it, it helps me to engage in a way that's meaningful and important to me. It's in alignment with who I choose to be as a human being. But then I also play that forward and not only just like, you know, as a leader to my daughter, to my eight-year-old daughter in the home, because um, I take that very seriously just in terms of the energy that I bring to her because things are so hard for her right now in isolation, not seeing her friends, soccer's been canceled, like all these things that we cannot control. Um, I compel myself to just take ownership of that, right? Because like that's part of my purpose is like I really want to make sure that my impact is positive. You know, like the way I'm choosing to show up, the energy that I'm bringing to that is positive and it's going to be beneficial to those around me. And that's like, I just think it's kind of the call I'm hearing in the world right now. It's like, if we are all teammates in this. Hey, everybody out there feeling like you're, you're alone and it's so hard. It's not true. Like we're all in this to win this together, right? Like we're all going through this collective world adversity together. So I just, it, 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 it just, it really feels good to choose to lead yourself in that way. And I think it's what this world needs more than ever, like given the context of how, how hard it is. Yeah, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And it's something that, you know, through the process of us working together, it's really changed for me, right? Like I, I came to you and I didn't consider myself a leader I thought, you know, I bought into the old leadership model about, you know, command and control, how you had to have people who reported to you. And, you know, like, I'm sure most of the people on the call here, you know, you probably don't have direct reports. Like I've had a couple over my career, but really, really nothing substantial. And even for me, like you changed that, like leadership is about impacting others mm -hmm. and helping them realize their highest potential. And even that switch in me, it's changed this podcast. It's changed how I've showed up. Mm -hmm. It's changed. Like now I'm doing, you know, these webinars, we have people from all around the world. We're doing the mental health webinars. Like I'm partnering with guys in Australia to do them, which you couldn't get further away. Um, and, and I think that's the first step is it's not just about, you know, having direct reports. It's not just about leading a project a reliability initiative, a maintenance issue initiative. It can be something in your community. Like a friend of mine sent $50 to uh, his former tour guide in Cambodia this morning because that guy, like tourism is dead and that mm -hmm. guy is struggling to feed his family. And it's like, you can make that impact. And like for us, 50 bucks doesn't get you very far. For them, it's like, it's worth like $2,000 in purchasing power. Like it's mm -hmm. significant. And I think it doesn't have to be money. Like we're not talking money, but you can impact more people than you think. 
Yeah, I think that's something we all got to deeply think about right now. I think that is is the call, right? It's just like how we choose to show up in our lives. There, there is a ripple effect to it. You can't, you can't hide your head in the sand, especially not after this webinar, right? It's like that's my challenge for all of us. Is like we sh- we have to own our role in that. We're teammates in this, like whether it's at work or it's on these webinars or wherever. Um, and I just think like that is definitely, definitely what we need more than ever. And I think that's the opportunity in all this. Like, honestly, I might sound a little bit like a masochist saying this, but I don't think adversity is a bad thing. Like, I think the fact that we're being shooken up and, and, and we're having this type of discussion is exactly what I've stayed laser focused on as I've been helping my clients navigate all of this adversity in their businesses, right? Which is like, there's always opportunity for growth buried in that adversity. And I think, you know, us needing to wake up to the fact that we have a a tremendous role to play in in the way that we show up and the the way that we impact the lives of others, I think is, is some of the silver lining in all of this, you know? And I think for me, like one of the things that that I take out of of this period of time is just the need for connection and the need to make the people around you feel valued. Mm -hmm. And I think like we talked about, you know, high performance cultures and high performance leaderships and psychological safety and trust and connection, vulnerability and courage, like those are elements of those cultures and, you know, I think that we're seeing that the fear-based stuff doesn't work. We're seeing the outcomes of that, where these companies are shutting down, they're cutting staff, they're cutting hours, they're cutting wages, and they're losing customers, they're losing market share. And like, we're seeing these companies that are really leaning into their people, they're going to be the ones who are coming out of this better than ever. hmm yeah, I think so. I think that's what this is trying to bl- blow the roof off of is this scarcity mindset, right? Like coming from a deficit, which is just actually just not the way forward in any context for our health, our relationships, our business, our money, any context. It's just not, it's not the way forward. It's like realizing that there's an abundance of resources, first and foremost, inside of ourselves at all times. We just have to know where to look for them. And, and that's what this whole 2.0 leadership thing teaches. Um, but yeah, like even in and around us, in our businesses and our people, especially, I think that if that's what comes out of all of this, like, honestly, like that is a really good thing. Cause I think that's going to push this needle in the right direction. Um, in a time when we need this, like that's, that's the biggest thing that I, I'm seeing as the purpose, uh, for me as a leadership coach right now is like, we have a chance not only to get back in the game you know, in a different way, but in a way that like changes the way the game is being played forever. And I just think, I hope that's not lost on anybody out there. If it is hit rewind on the replay here, (laughs) let's, 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 let's own that. And then let's double down on that because that's not only going to be good for us. Cause like we just said, this cuts right to the jugular of everything I know you're so passionate about the costs in terms of our mental health, in terms of the human beings that are being led in this way, no, like not on my watch. It's just it's too costly. We can't afford it. It's too reckless to try to push forward in that way. So I just think, yeah, like if we have some locus of control and that starts with us, how can we choose to ignore that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's the reason why I'm here, right, is, is I've, I've personally been impacted by 
poor leadership and, and its effect on my mental health. And, and honestly, like, it's just, I can't put up with it anymore. And what I've seen throughout my career in all these different industries is people just don't have the skills or the leadership strategies to connect with their people. Mm-hmm. And some people are scared. And like, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of managers where they don't know how to create connection. They don't know how to even open up a space where you could have a real conversation because Mm -hmm. they just, they're, they're like a maintenance guy or an engineer that got promoted because they were the best one. Mm -hmm. So where do we start with Mm -hmm. like creating that connection or, or creating that psychological safety for our people to be able to confide in us? Yeah, I think like that, that is a skill set, right? And like I said, 75% of these $365 billion that's being spent in training our leaders is like not even touching on the mindset strategy of this. But that is mindset. That is like everything I'm just rolling out here is just like my beliefs, right? About people, which drive the way I feel about people. You can see the passion that comes out of me so effortlessly. It's like leaking out the sides because it's just, yeah, I mean, it starts with just understanding what those beliefs are and just, yeah, strategically how to architect those because it's literally how you drive that reception in the experiences of the people that you're trying to lead. So if you're trying to lead these people, but you don't have beliefs that support you feeling the way you need to feel to hold that space, like which is confident, right? Which is pretty secure in your leadership because you got the strategies, then it's just, it's never going to happen, right? You're never going to be able to hold that space in a way that feels safe and secure to those people that allows them to really open up and be transparent and honest with you, which by the way is like massively important when it comes to like problem solving and like figuring out where the opportunities for growth are. You're not going to get any of that like real feedback. Like you were saying a second ago, um, people lying and cheating their way and shortcutting their way to try to just, here's the result, you know, boss. It starts with understanding just how to manage your mindset in terms of the way that you're viewing that person, the way that you are, connecting to the value of that person and the way that that person feels like, so you can generate feelings of empathy and compassion. And so the other human being actually can feel the reception of that, which actually will feel safe. Like they can open up and be open and transparent and honest about, I I don't know how to do this. I literally got promoted to this position and I had no training in terms of how to lead this group of people over here. Can you help me? You know, like there's, there's, that's what I mean by strategy is like, you actually have to learn how to think about these things. You need to learn how to develop the beliefs that are going to elicit the emotions because only 7% of communication is like what you're going to say. People get so obsessed with like the, the exact language of how the script as a leader in terms of how to relate to people. 55% of what you're actually communicating to that person is just the way that you are in your body language. 38% is just the the vocal tonality and the inflection and energy in your voice. That's like, that's why the importance, that's the importance of mindset is it actually like elicits certain emotions that subconsciously are being released and expressed in the way that you communicate to your people. And and we got that question in the chat, like Cliff, Cliff put in there, you know, like we've talked about it before where basically most of your beliefs are, are in play before you're seven or eight years mm-hmm. old. 
how hard is it to change our beliefs or like, I know we've worked on it together, mm-hmm. but how can, can you kind of elaborate for people? Yeah, I get that question all, all the time. And the way that I answer it is just like, it's like teaching my eight year old how to read, you know, syllable by syllable. I know parents out there can relate to that. It's very, a lot of patience required. Um, but I always use that as a reference point because it's like, when it's that important, does it really have a timeline? Because the answer to that question is it's different for everybody, right? It's different in terms of what you're up against subconsciously. Like, were those beliefs like the result of some things that were traumatic for you that you experienced, you know? Like, it's just, there's no one finite answer to, to answer that question. But I think the thing that we just need to understand is that they can be changed. There are methods to changing your beliefs. Once you develop those methods, it's like teaching your kids how to read or walk or any, any one of these fundamental skills that we would never send them out the front, front door in life to go and chase their dreams and, and, and goals in life without. So it's like learning how to walk and speak like as a, as a leader. Like If you can't communicate to your people in a way that makes them feel the way they need to feel to elicit that type of response, you got to figure that out. You got to get the methods and the strategies. You got to study that. You got to make that the priority, and and you got to figure it out. But it's not as hard as you think. Because I've, I've done it. I've done it, so it's if, not as if hard. If Rob could do it, right? Yeah. Anybody could do it. No, I mean that's that's my practice in my work with leaders. Okay, I've been doing this for fifteen years. They would not still be coming back, right? And 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 doing that work if it didn't work. I think the reality is is that. Yeah, um, you know, in my process, I've, I've, I've figured out, like, because I've studied this, you know, where, like, the, the whole, like, executive leadership strategy at Harvard last year is, like, the, the latest and greatest cutting-edge ways that we teach this type of thing to leaders. There's neuroscience, thank God, 2020, guys, we know a lot more than we did even 10 years ago about these practices and, and how to do this effectively. Um, so it's not really a matter of how long it takes. It's just a matter of importance and putting this at the top of the list. If you're trying to be an effective leader and you're trying to own your role as a leader, which we said is kind of, we, we can't afford not to do now that we've learned everything we've learned in this call. Um, yeah, if you're the type of, of 2.0 leader who wants to really play your biggest impact game, you can't do that unless you understand those mindset strategies in terms of architecting those beliefs. And that for me is, is one thing that, I, I think a lot of the leadership courses that I've seen or taken in the various companies I've worked for, it lacks. Like they teach you stuff, you know, like how to manage people, what metrics you need. You know, they teach you even, even sometimes they'll teach about how to have conversations with your staff and they fall really flat because it's like, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. basically like you've read this conversation in a book and so you're just yeah. repeating it. And for me, that's where I think, you know, the belief systems drive the emotion, which drives what you do, which drives your results, right? That's that pattern of how it goes. And I think, you know, a lot of us as on this call, like we're engineers or we're, we're, we're used to being a robot, or maybe we even want to feel like a robot. Like I know I did for a long time is I wanted to shut everything out because I thought that would help me perform better. Now, maybe can you break it down for us? Like, how does emotion get us those peak results? 
Yeah, I think this is this is literally how it works with human behavior, which is the thing that drives results. Can we all agree on that? It's like how we act and behave on the daily is essentially what is leading to the results that we experience with our people in business, the bottom line, etc. So what drives behavior? The choices that we make, right? And what influences the choices that we make to say that thing or not say that thing? Yeah, it's, it's the, the emotion that's being released in and around the decision. So our brain is meant to keep us safe and alive. That's why we have a brain. For those of us who didn't learn that one in school or maybe forgot, because let's face it, that was probably way back in school. Um, but the way that it does that is it does that by taking every experience we, we had as children and, and ascribing meaning to that. And we needed to know whether that meant pain, don't touch the hot stove, that's, that's, that's dangerous, migrate away from that, or, or got a boo-boo on my knee, run to mom for a kiss with a boo-boo and a band-aid and a hug, that's pleasure. So it's our associations of pain and pleasure that really started to you know, store those beliefs as this playbook back here of rules for life, governing every choice we make, most of which, by the way, are completely automatic, 95 to 97% a day. You don't even realize that you're making them. Um, but yeah, all of that is just, it's being governed by the beliefs that are getting triggered in and around the situations that you're running into day in and day out. So I think, you know, yeah, where you have like, you know, this whole belief system about like the numbers needing to be perfect or needing to be a certain way, right? And, and you feel that kind of level of anxiety that comes in and around that type of belief system when you're talking to that person, how's that going to affect the result? What did we just say that's going to make that person feel? Like they got to lie and shortcut and cheat or the presenteeism and the absenteeism and the, all of that, you know, short-term, long-term disability, like there's, there's a ripple effect to how that's going to play out in the reception of that. So that's an example of where you have a belief system, obviously, that is, is releasing emotion that is not driving the results that you want to see. Whereas like if you have a belief system that this person, this person's a smart person, like this is a hard situation we're trying to figure out, but I'm going to pass the ball to this person because I really legitimately believe that person can figure that thing out. How are you going to feel when you relay that information to that person? It's like, you, you know, you're going to feel like, you know, um, empowered and, and confident and yeah, like you're going to feel like I, I trust this person. That person's going to be like, wow, this guy trusts me. I feel that. Ripple effect that in terms of how it's going to affect the output and the results, right? So I always say it's so funny when I'll, I'll work with like a, like a pro athlete will come through my door and they'll be like, you're going to make me talk about my feelings. Like, that. but there's nothing more powerful than emotion when it comes to performance. They're driving you up or down. And if you don't even know like what those emotions are, are saying to you or to those people, you're not at the helm. So emotional intelligence, I love to dig into with my leaders because I think it's a superpower, right? It's like the gateway into somebody's mindset, the gateway into their conditioning, their blueprint of beliefs and all of that wonderful stuff that, that we, we, we teach somebody how to affect when they're trying to impact and influence their performance. And that's something that Matthew just threw into the chat, right? He said like a lot of people, they, they go to these leadership trainings and it changes for a couple of weeks and then they revert back to old ways. Mm -hmm. And that's just the belief systems coming into play, right? Like they mm -hmm. haven't changed any beliefs. So therefore they're just kind of naturally doomed to go back to what they were programmed to do. Exactly. Yeah. The reverts. 
<laughs> that's what we that's what we call that, right? It's like if you don't penetrate the subconscious mind, you're not gonna affect long-term, sustainable, lasting change. That's why I don't mess with anything less than actually penetrating the subconscious mind because that's where you, you, you give somebody the tools and the strategies to know how to nurture that and to con continue to grow that in their own lane, being self-responsible. <laughs> Which is why we're all here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> My type of crowd. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I guess like what, what we're coming together to do and, and sort of one of the reasons for this call is like not only just all the mental health stuff and the leadership problems and all that stuff that we've seen across industry, but also like this year, the COVID, the financial craziness that's been going on. And we've, we've sort of put our heads together and come up with something to really get at those mindset, those belief systems, and really take leaders to the next level. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think this is really the call, right? That you and I have both been hearing. Um, yeah, first and foremost, like how incredible has your growth trajectory been in terms of stepping into some of these leadership strategies yourself? I think we've all bared witness to the ripple effect of, of Rob owning his role in his own lane, right? In terms of uh, getting out and sharing all of that in a completely vulnerable way, which has been very powerful, I'll say for me to witness as your coach, but obviously has been extremely meaningful for your community. Um, yeah, and I think that that sort of birthed or awakened this sort of, you know, next level of leadership that you you really wanted to go after and tackle. And I couldn't be more excited to be a part of with you um, as your line mate over here in this whole leadership mindset strategy arena. So I just think for me, like that's the big call. I feel like right now we have an opportunity as leaders to own our role in everything that we are bringing to the table. I think learning about just everything we've laid out in this call today, obviously going much deeper in terms of the actual strategy of that, really is the opportunity that we all need to claim, right? Is like understanding that we can change the way that this game is being played forever in, our, in, our, in the way that we feel from a mental health perspective, because I know that's a big part of this push for you um, in, in this passion project for you, Rob, but in terms of our families, right? Because, you know, the way we feel when we get up to go to work models that for our kids to see. That is a big part of the beliefs that they are going to be informed in their experience about how they choose to go after, you know, the things that they do professionally in their own lives. But just even that, how you feel about your work when you come home at the end of the day, hmm, what are we modeling there? Um, but yeah, no, certainly in terms of our businesses too, we have to make a comeback here. Let's be honest. Like really what, what, what we're being faced with, that's the challenge in front of all of us. And I just think that's where we can serve these people, right, Rob? It's like that is the power of mindset strategy architecture is just giving your community the best chance possible of being able to not only come back, but to come back stronger um, and to come back in a way that is actually going to be way more meaningful, which I think is, is going to be the silver lining of all of this experience of disruption in the world right now. Yeah, and, and I mean, for me, the reason why I had to bring it to everybody in our community and the reason for why we partnered together to launch the Leadership Launchpad Project was basically because like, 
I didn't even know that this stuff was possible, right? I, I kind of assumed that I would go to work for the rest of my life and it would be like, you know, basically show up, punch the clock, do your thing. And it would be really difficult to really feel any different, to feel engaged, to feel happy. And that's where the, you know, the podcast was born as this like side thing for me to feel engagement and to really, you know, learn and teach and grow on the side. And, you know, working with you, Susan, it's really been enlightening for me that not only can we teach this and share this and help the community grow and really help them achieve the success that they want to achieve at work, but also that 70% disengagement and those, those mental health statistics, they crush me. Like it hurts me inside. And I just cannot put up with it any longer. And I cannot let people go out there and go to jobs that they don't like and feel that dread on Monday morning. It's just, we just can't put up with it anymore. And the first step, you know, is one, thinking yourself as a leader, two, taking ownership in your own life. And three, it's the mindset strategies. It's the leadership strategies that we're going to talk about in the Leadership Launchpad Project. We're going to teach everyone. And it's just taking that ownership and, you know, so, I mean, getting right to it, we're launching the leadership launchpad project. It's a 12 week leadership program. We're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about leadership 2.0. We're going to talk about what leadership strategies you need to succeed in 2021 and beyond from companies that actually succeed, not just Uh ones that drive people with a carrot and the stick. Uh And we're going to talk about, you know, how to take yourself to the next level, how to take your life to the next level, the people around you. And then finally your business too, because let's face it, we're also in it to win it for business. And really to find out more, I'll put the, I'll put the link in the chat, but you can go to robsreliability.com slash leadership and you can learn more about it. Definitely you'll want to sign up before September 1st because we have we have a little discount to go or we have we, we're giving people 500 bucks off until September 1st so you'll want to sign up as soon as possible but if not like registration will close on the 14th of September uh-huh. so definitely join us and definitely just know this like everything you've seen that's changed in me you're going to get some of that And I know you're not going to want to miss it. And I know sitting here today, like I can say working with Susan has changed my life forever. And not only has it changed my life forever, she's saved my life. And that is, that's how much this means to me. And so I really hope you join us. And I really hope you, you know, you find that leader inside you. Yeah. Responsibility is a wonderful thing. I just think it's our relationship to that that Rob and I really want to help with. You know, um, after hearing about all of this, I think we can see it's like, yeah, if we know there's a better way, how can we ignore that? And how can we choose to continue to push forward in the ways that we know are are hurting people, including ourselves, because it creates suffering. Like Rob has been so honest and transparent and vulnerable with us all sharing. but yeah, being responsible for how you impact and influence results is where you become responsible. 
And that is the, the whole pathway to empowered leadership. Um, and I just think, yeah, I can hardly wait to uncork that and help all of you out there really, really discover that type of, of existence because it's phenomenal, isn't it, Rob? It's changed my life. It's the smile on your face <laughs> says it all, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, everybody who's listening and everybody who joined us really, really, really appreciate you joining us. Susan, obviously I really appreciate you joining us as well. Um, if you haven't yet, yeah, go to robsreliability.com slash leadership. Check that out. Definitely, you're going to want to sign up for it because this stuff, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your business. It's going to change the people around you. And most importantly, it'll get you those feelings of happiness and engagement that you really want. And that, that is probably the most important thing that we can leave you with today. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you guys joining us. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I care so deeply about each and every one of you. So thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody.